welcome to the Integris Health Emergency Medicine Residency Podcast. My name is Melissa Harris. I am an emergency medicine physician and recent graduate of the program. I will also be your host for this episode. The focus of this podcast is to help medical students have the best emergency medicine rotations that they can have. For this episode, we thought it would be fun and beneficial for you all to hear from some of our current residents, and we're going to be discussing several different topics, including what you should look for in a residency, some great resources you can use to help you study while you're on your rotations, and even tips on how to rank rotations when it's time to focus on the match. I'm really excited to introduce our next two guests. With us today are Dr. Brittany Owensby, one of our co-chief residents, and Dr. Tyler Willem, one of our new interns. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Glad to be here. So just right off the bat here, what would you guys say would be some of your biggest tips for medical students who are looking to go into emergency medicine? Dr. Willem, let's start with you. Yeah, I think one of the biggest pieces of advice that I received as a student applying EM was to find an advisor, whether it be an EM physician that's been training for a while or even a recent uh, graduate who is a current resident. I think finding someone that's familiar with the process, familiar with the application process can really help you out. There's different ways to find advisors. My school where I attended, we didn't have a great system in place to identify potential advisors. However, there are other resources out there. I know EMRA has a great matchmaker program. I actually utilize that as well. But it's just somebody you can talk to, somebody you can ask questions with that'll give you honest feedback and kind of give you some direction on where to go. And then once you have this advisor, make sure you do use them. Ask them questions. That's what they're there for. That's what they signed up for. So definitely take advantage of that. So I think that'd be my biggest piece of advice. So I think probably the next piece of advice I have is just to kind of create a game plan of you know, potential programs that you are interested in. And you have to kind of figure out, you know, several different things. I mean, what part of the country would you like to train in? Are you interested in anything specific? I think you also have to ask yourself, what are your personal and professional goals? Are you wanting to do a fellowship of some sort? Are you wanting to just train and then practice as an EM physician? You just kind of have to ask yourself some of these questions while looking at certain programs. I also think, you know, you have to look at what type of program do you want to train at a big academic center where they have lots of other residents and other specialties or are you wanting to train in a community hospital or even a rural hospital there are several emergency medicine programs that take place in rural areas as well. So I think you have to look at kind of several different factors when trying to figure out exactly what type of program that you want to train at. When you research these programs and talk to people that have rotated at these programs or that are current residents or former residents at these programs, just ask them about their different experiences. I know we'll kind of touch on this at some point down the road, but our residency program here at Integris is a unopposed residency program. So we are very fortunate to have opportunities to do things in our ER and our training that other residents may not be able to do at larger academic centers where they have residents and other specialties. For example, if someone was to come in with a hip dislocation or a fracture dislocation or something along those lines, our ER residents here, we are the ones doing those 
those reductions and reducing fractures and things like that, whereas, you know, other larger academic institutions, they may be calling ortho in to do those procedures. That and, you know, another thing about our program being unopposed is we are able to run all of the codes and the rapid assessments up in the, up on the floors. We do all of the procedures in the hospital. So we are pretty much by the time we're done with our intern year, are pretty much signed off on most procedures that we need to graduate, especially central lines, intubations, LPs, art lines, all those those things that we do a ton of. Really, We really have a lot of experience doing those. How would you guys suggest someone go about researching a residency program? Sure. So kind of like Dr. Owensby was talking about, it goes back to creating that game plan, making that list of what's important to you, uh, what you're looking for in a program. IMRA is a great resource. If you're not an IMRA member, I definitely recommend that as well. But IMRA has this tool that you can go online and look at a whole map. It's a map of the United States and it has different programs has every program in the country basically laid out on that map and you can kind of start there kind of if you're biased to a particular region you can narrow it down that way but they also have these filters on that web page as well where you can help narrow your search you can use that to only look at community programs or only look at county programs you could also filter things out based on board scores or things like of that nature so it was an excellent resource for me and that's really the way that I really went about researching these programs and then connect to that web page you can also it has a, like a direct link to the website of the program so you could if you needed to get a little more info that way you could always it was just a click away so I think that would be my biggest advice on how to research these programs also Emra has a lot of really great resources not just for medical students but residents as well we most places will probably provide you with a EMRA membership. And even when you join as a medical student, they will send you some really great resources. They send you like a, a box that has all kinds of, you know, different guides, like an antibiotic guide, an EKG guide, an ortho guide, toxicology guide, all a lot of like really great resources that are available to you just by becoming a member. And also the other thing with EMRA is when you are a member, you have free access to MRAP as well. We'll get into some of the recommended resources for medical students. While we kind of touched on that, I figured I'd mention that as well. So we all know that audition rotations and even just being on an away rotation can be really stressful. What would your advice be for students who are on these rotations? So I think, you know, audition rotations are really good for several different things. I think, first of all, as coming at it from a resident standpoint, it's really good to work with the medical students and see if they, you know, fit well with the style of program that you may have, you know, and really just kind of if you get along with the people individually, if you can, you know, see yourself working with people over the next several years. Um, And you have to remember as a medical student, you know, it's an audition rotation. It's not just, you know, an elective, but this is really your kind of your time to shine and kind of show the program what you have to offer the program. And so I think there are several ways that you can do this. For one, you know, be on time, be willing to see patients, be very proactive with seeing patients and being willing to do procedures and, you know, just help out with various things around the department. Yeah, so I think as as Dr. Owensby was referring to just really treating this like an interview and just be as prepared as possible. 
research these programs before you get there, know everything and anything about the program, come with questions that you might have about the program. Because, I mean, yes, this is an interview for to see how the residents like you and how the how the program directors and the attendings, you, you want to impress them, but this is also your chance to kind of get to know the program and also see if, if you could see yourself working in that environment. A lot of, like as we were talking about earlier, a lot of these programs are vastly different. And so it's important to kind of to know what you're walking into in terms of the work environment and how things are operate on a daily basis. So I think just going in with that mindset, like I said, having questions that you want answered about the program um, would all be helpful tips. And kind of along Dr. Willem's note, this, like he was saying, you know, it is your opportunity as well to figure out if this program and the people and the attendings are people that you would want to be around over the next three or four years, depending on the program that you end up at. No matter where you train, there are going, you're going to put in long hours and you are going to be around these people for a lot of your time over the next three or four years, sometimes maybe even more than your own family. So you want to, you know, make sure that it's a good fit for you and make sure you get along well with the the people there because they kind of do become like your second family and you want to make sure that it's an environment that is good for you personally as well. So as both of you mentioned, it's really good to be prepared when you're on your rotation. So Dr. Owensby, what are some resources that students can use? Certainly. I actually have a a lengthy list here. So get your pens and paper ready. Um, (laughs) So one of the resources that I used during my audition was the Tintinelli Emergency Manual. So we use the big Tintinelli as our kind of our core curriculum, as you'll see at a lot of other residency programs as well. But as a medical student, you know, that book itself is not one that you really want to lug around, nor is it super budget friendly as a medical student either. So I bought the Tintinelli Emergency Medicine Manual, or I've also kind of heard it called as Baby Tintinelli as well. And I thought it was great. It kind of gives a good uh, synopsis of a lot of different topics in emergency medicine. And I would kind of make a list of things that I had seen that day or things I wanted to read more about. And I would go read about them after my shift. Now, I think over the last several years, a lot of websites and podcasts and blogs and even YouTube has a lot of resources that are free, easy to access for medical students and interns as well. I think one of the really one of the really popular blogs out there is called EM Basic, and this is great for med students and interns. Each podcast is roughly 30 minutes each. It goes over a very specific topic. It kind of starts off with a chief complaint, then goes through pertinent things that you would want to obtain in a history and physical, the workup of this, whatever the disorder that, it, that they're going over is, as well as treatment and disposition. So I think that's really good if you are an auditory learner and like podcasts. There are also several different websites out there that are really good. Core EM. Core EM is great. I think it's broken down really well. It's very easy to navigate. There's a lot of information out there about very specific systems and specific chief complaints. I actually even use this website a lot when I'm preparing for lectures. There's just a lot of really good information out there. And like I said, it kind of it will break it down by specific systems, whether that be OBGYN, HENT, cardiovascular, but then there's also a section on critical care and then a section on chief complaints as well. 
Um, so that's another really good website. EM Fundamentals. This one I think is really good. I really like the way that this one is organized. It's very user-friendly and easy to navigate. When you pull up the homepage, there are kind of like three main sections. It kind of breaks it down between like true emergency, so like cardiac arrest, stroke, things like that. And then there's a section on common complaints, and then there's a section on essential skills, such as procedures, like intubation, central lines. And when you click on each of these topics, it kind of it pulls up different resources depending on the topic that you have clicked on. There may be videos, there may be, you know, a link to another outside source or just like an overview of the topic itself or an algorithm depending on, like I said, depending on what you have chosen to study at that point in time. So I think that's really good as well. If you are looking more for EKGs and reviewing EKGs, uh, Dr. Smith's EKG blog is really good. They have several different things available on that website as well. Different cases that are presented that will go over some of the EKG findings. There are also lectures and podcasts as well as just teaching images where they just go over just an image of an EKG itself without going into an in-depth case. So that's really good. And then one that I use a lot as a resident is Life in the Fast Lane. They have an, an EKG library on that website, so you can get some EKG practice on that. But then there's just a myriad of other topics. So pretty much if you are looking for something critical care related or really anything acid-base disorders, you can type that in and it will bring up several different posts related to that topic. A couple other ones I wanted to mention, a YouTube channel that I have actually watched some videos on is Pocus Geek, and they have a lot of really good ultrasound videos that may be helpful. If you've done spent any amount of time in an ER, you will find out that we use a lot of ultrasound. This has really become is becoming more of a thing over the last several years and that's really great it breaks down the anatomy and kind of things you're looking for how to perform these ultrasounds so when you go on your auditions you will be able to get hopefully get some hands-on practice on your audition and you'll have some of this knowledge that you will have gained beforehand to assist you with that so i think that's a really good one and then rebel em Rebel EM, so we use it a lot in residency. It has a lot of reviews of pretty like big, well-known studies that are pertinent to emergency medicine, but there's more to Rebel EM than just that. There's a lot of different reviews that are available on that. They'll review different disorders as, and as well as clinical rules. It's not, it's, they're pretty concise. So if you're looking for something more in depth, this may, you may get something from it, one of these other websites I've mentioned but they offer pretty concise, just kind of overviews of some different things that may be beneficial to you as well. And lastly, I think academic life in emergency medicine has some good things. It has a whole section on advice for medical students with the match and different things along those lines. There are several different sections on advice for medical students when it came to the match and rotating on emergency medicine programs. So if you wanted some additional advice, that would be a good website for you to kind of check out. But I think, you know, and it's kind, it's kind of overwhelming the amount of resources and information that's out there. I would encourage you to just pick maybe a couple of those, whatever kind of fits your learning style the best. If you learn more from, you know, videos or podcasts or reading about different things, just kind of take a look at some of those 
websites and resources and find what works best for you and stick with a few of those because if you try to you know read and research things on all of these different websites it's going to be very overwhelming so just pick a few of those resources but kind of look through them all and figure out you know what works best for you and your own personal learning style wow that is a fantastic list thank you i will make sure and put all of the links in the show notes so that you guys can check that out after the show You touched a little bit on the match, and Dr. Willem, you recently went through the match. So what would be some of your strategies and tips for ranking programs for the match? Absolutely. So in terms of the the ranking list that you submit in the spring can get a little overwhelming. What I did after every away rotation or interview that I had, I would sit down. As soon as it was over, I would go home, write down the pros and the cons about the program, what I loved about the program, what I did not like so much, just looked at my, like, would I be happy at the program? How I looked at other things like how did the residents, or the residents get along with each other, the relationships they had with other services in the hospital, and then just how it compared to other programs. What, what did this in particular program had that others did not? And so after I would do this, I would kind of sit back and compare it to my original list that I made of what I was looking for in a program and how, how the, those two aligned. So this really helped me kind of clear that up because it's easy to get kind of overwhelmed and lose sight of some things that are important, especially throughout this process. It's an exciting time, so it's really easy to kind of lose sight of some things. So that's what I thought was most helpful in terms of preparing my list. And then just really at the end of the day, what you have to think about in terms of ranking programs is what program is going to best prepare you to be like the best EM physician that you can be. I mean, that's what we're all here for. And so it's basically sitting down at the end of the day and thinking about those different types of programs and what they have to offer and how how that can aid in your bigger goal of an EM doctor. And then some other things just to consider after after obviously big things are in play or just consider the other factors in terms of location, the benefits, um, the salary, if that's important to you, if you have family you're supporting uh, links to the program and then also other opportunities such as like moonlighting those were all important to me so since this is the integris health emergency medicine residency podcast what were some things about our program that drew you guys to it my experience as a student is really what sold me on this program my experience here i just had the opportunity to work with the residents they just seemed to be operating a different caliber Basically, the autonomy that the residents are given here I thought was really impressive. The interns were just able to juggle things that when I looked back at other programs, I don't think I just didn't, didn't see that type of confidence in some of the residents. And then also just the patient volume. We see a lot of patients coming in and out of the ED. Patient population in general, they're relatively sicker patient population. And so that's a few of the main reasons that I was, I was sold on this program. And then Lastly, just the opportunities that we're given here as residents. With this program being an unopposed program, as Brittany was talking about earlier, we just have so many opportunities to do things that you might not get at a larger institution, such as the procedures that we we have the opportunity to do, I think is, is a huge benefit of this program. Yeah, I think Tyler brought up a lot of really great points. How I heard about the program here was when I attended a ACOP conference as a third-year medical student. Because I'm, I'm from Florida, so Oklahoma was honestly kind of nowhere on my radar. And I attended a conference, which I know a lot of you with COVID will not be able to do this upcoming year. But I met several of the residents and attendings at that conference. And after talking with them and kind of seeing, you know, 
learning more about the program and interacting with them individually, it seemed like a program I would really be interested in checking out. So I scheduled an audition out here and I came out here and like Tyler was saying, I mean, you just, I mean, noticed an immediate difference in some of the upper levels. And I think that's one thing that you have to really look at whenever you're auditioning. I'm not just saying that because I'm an upper level now, but it was one of the things that definitely stood out to me about Southwest. We have a, ve- a great group of faculty and attendings that we work with, and they're super hands-on and always willing to help us and teach us. But at the same time, I will also say that our upper levels are very complex competent and do a great job managing patients and really running the department, which is one of the things that Integris really kind of emphasizes, especially as your fourth year, is being able to kind of know everything that's going on in the department and kind of being able to run a department is one of the things that they really try to get us to do by the time we are in our fourth year. The other thing that Tyler had mentioned was the opportunity to moonlight. I think that, you know, Aside from the training here at Southwest, that has probably been second most valuable thing in my journey on to become an EM physician. We are able to start moonlighting as second years, and typically it's in you know places that are a little bit smaller and don't see as you know maybe not sick patients all the time. But don't get me wrong, like you will still see sick patients. I still remember my very first moonlighting shift, probably one of the sickest DKA patients I've ever seen. And I was this just a second year resident at that time. And at the like after I finally, you know, treated the patient and got them transferred out of the facility, I was kind of able to sit back and reflect on what had just happened. And I was really able to see how well I was trained for that. Because you you know, you you learn so much and it residency in general is just a lot of information and you are learning it's a very steep learning curve but I think it was in that moment I was like oh wow like I have really I have been trained really well for this and you kind of don't realize how much you learned until you're in a situation like that and you just kind of go into autopilot with the things that you've learned in residency and I think that's been great and it definitely forces you to, you know, know your stuff, but at the same time, you also always know that you have someone back at Southwest that is always available and always willing to help. I mean, even just a few weeks ago, I called up here to ask my attending advice on a patient that I had while I was out moonlighting, and they're always willing to help, and it's nice to have that sort of support, too, while you are still in training, but technically out seeing a patient you know by yourself at a different facility so I think the moonlighting in general was a has been a a great thing for not only just my own personal growth but I would say that all the residents that have trained here and are training here would probably agree that um, that has definitely helped them grow as a physician kind of from an intern perspective when you're starting here at South you're doing it from day one Obviously, as Brittany was saying, you always have somebody there with you and to ask questions. Your upper levels are always checking on in on you, for, especially the first two months. But I think that's been the biggest thing for me is just, especially with gaining confidence in these first two months, is just making those decisions and kind of taking uh, ownership of your patients and of their care. I think that's been the biggest thing that this program offers. Absolutely. I totally agree with everything you guys have said. So before we wrap things up, do you guys have any last minute words of wisdom or tips for our medical students? 
Uh, yeah, I would first just say, I mean, this is a stressful time, but it's also an exciting time as a fourth-year med student going through this process. So just enjoy it. I mean, it's 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 pretty cool getting to travel around the country and basically audition for a job at all these amazing programs. So my biggest advice, as we've touched on throughout the episode, is just find a program that works for you. So just to echo what Tyler said, this is a fun and exciting time. It's a great time to see some new places and learn a lot, but just come prepared, be excited to be there and eager to learn. And we are super excited to have you at Southwest. I know it's kind of a different time just because of COVID. Things have been different with auditions and interview season and all the things that go along with that. So it's kind of adds a whole extra layer of stress with with that because it's kind of unprecedented times too for both medical students as well as programs. Um, We've never had virtual interviews like this before and you guys have never participated in virtual interviews like this, but just be excited to learn and hopefully we'll see you soon. Well, guys, that is it for today's episode. I want to thank Drs. Owensby and Willem for being here and all of their great tips and advice for our medical students. If you would like to know more about the program, you can follow us on social media at our Twitter account at Integris underscore EM underscore Res. That's R-E-S. And in the bio, you'll also find a link to our website. And we are also on Instagram, so you can follow us there as well at the same handle. All of that information will be listed in the show notes too. Please also take a minute and give us five stars and a review on iTunes because that helps more people find the podcast. Thank you so much for listening and best of luck on your future rotations.